But I want to talk about a high mountain experience. A high mountain experience is very, very exciting. It can be so wonderful. But many times there are challenges afterward. Many times there are warfare experiences afterward. And so we must never, ever uh, get discouraged when we have a good high day and then it seems like the enemy comes and we have a bad week, uh, a week of, of, you know, just stress and anxiety. Because out of all of this, there is good things that happen on the mountain after your warfare with the enemy. And Jesus is our example because the very first thing that happened to him when he came forth out of out of the uh, out of quietness and nobody knew him and he came forth, he was sent directly into the mountain and uh, to be tested of the devil. And we've looked at that and it's very, very important to, to bear that in mind because God will take you to a high place in him and then you will have a warfare with the enemy. So I just want to talk about that today. And I just feel really blessed to sense the power of his presence in the house. And so it's interesting to note that the high mountain, a high mountain is, is mentioned several, many times in scripture. Sometimes it's a great high mountain, which we'll talk about today. But sometimes it's good to just look at a topic. You read a scripture like I read how this came about is the very last scripture that I'll give you today. Oh, Zion, you know, sing on the mountain. And I thought, well, that's interesting. What else happens on the mountain? And then I begin to think about the temptation of Christ on the mountain. And so I said, well, Lord, we're on a journey to Calvary. And so, you know, what what do we pass through in the mountains? And so that's how the message was born. And I want to share it with you today. The devil tempted Jesus on a high mountain, you know, but the end of his temptation was, if you note the scriptures, it was that the angels came and ministered to him. So if you have a good time on the mountain, that's awesome. And if you have a bad time on the mountain, like Jesus had the temptation, it will always end well. He will always send the anointing of the power of his presence to you if you will be open to it. Sometimes we're so discouraged and despondent and dis, dis, disarrayed that we don't realize that now God is going to say something profound to us and take us through a hard place in our life. So today we will explore some happenings with Jesus on the mountain, see how important that mountain experience is. But remember that the mountain experience is always, there's always warfare afterward or during but you will become victorious. That's the important thing to remember today. Jesus was victorious. He's the example. And if God helped him, God will help us because he's our Savior and he lives in us. So today we're going to explore these uh, happenings on the mountain. Isaiah 14, 14 says, I will ascend. Oh, this, this, excuse me. This is what the devil wants. The devil wants the high mountain. He wants the high place in your life. And the Bible says in Revel and um, Isaiah, yes, Isaiah, if I can find it in my notes, I have new glasses, so you pray for me. Isaiah fourteen fourteen. the devil said, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. That is the that is the goal of the devil to do to us in our life and in the church world and everywhere that's good. That's what the devil wants. He wants to ascend above God. 
And so that is our warfare, church, to keep him in his proper place and to let God be God in our life. So as we look at this, we understand what Revelation says. In Revelation 21, 10 through 11, this is our destination. The very thing that the enemy wants is our destination. And the Bible says in Revelation 21, and, and John saw this, it said the angel carried John away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed John that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Church, we need to begin to get a vision of that. You know, it says he has the glory of God and the heavens are full of light. They were likened to a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. The, the, Christ, the church of Christ today needs to get a glimpse of the heaven, the destination that is before us. Sometimes we lose track of that destination, and then that's when discouragement, discouragement overtakes us. And that's when the enemy fights against us the most. And so I want to say to the church today, you know, understand one thing. We have a destination that is what the devil wants. And no wonder there is warfare in that. But what this high mountain experience was for John, God, the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord took John in to see this, high, to see this city. And since John is taken there, what a high mountain experience. John is in the spirit. He is seeing the destination that we are uh, going toward and how awesome that must have been for John. You know, he it just was a great revelation for him to see the power of God. And he was carried away to the high mountain to see that. So no matter where you are, if you get to a mountain, a high mountain, God's spirit is always going to be there and he's going to carry us and take care of us. So with that introduction this morning, understanding that the devil has the same destination, but he's not going to accomplish it and understand that it is his goal to tempt us when we get into a high mountain experience with God, when we feel his presence and when we know that he's with us and that nothing is going to prosper without him, then the enemy is angry. But after anything like that, there is victory in Christ because we see the victory that Jesus came. He came up out of the wilderness, out of the mountain experience, and he came up full of the power of God. So sometimes we need to go through those places and the high mountain, the temptation places, to come forth triumphant in the power of the Holy Spirit. So as we look at the scripture today, in Matthew, let's look at Matthew 17:3. We're on a journey in this holy season of Lent, and that Lent just means spring. It just means the time of Christ uh, getting ready for the cross and the crucifixion. So as we look at this, we're journeying with him to the cross. We're seeing what he's doing, what's happening in his life. And today we're going to see another mountain experience with Jesus. I like the mountain experiences. I don't like the warfare, but I like the overcoming spirit when you get through it. So the Bible says in Matthew 17, 1 and 3, this is one, this is on the journey of Christ. Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, and his, John his brother, and he brought them up into a high mountain and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as as the light, and behold, there appeared unto him Moses and Elias, which is Elijah, talking with him. Transfigured. What an awesome thing. 
that John saw this and Jesus uh, was there to be transfigured. Well, what does transfigured mean? Sometimes we read over these words. We don't have a total understanding of them. And there is uh, Bible commentaries that give you uh, thoughts about that. But I just go to, to Webster because Webster was once a, a biblical a dictionary until they started adding things to it. So you got to get the right dictionary to get the right uh, thought process. But here's what the what what's what he says: transfigured means complete change. How many know we need to be transfigured? He said transfigured means to be complete change in appearance. Christians need to look like Christians. Well, what does that mean? A bun in your hair and all that? No. That means the presence of the Lord is on your countenance. It means that you're walking down the aisle in the market with the presence of the Lord and there's a smile on your face. And if you see somebody down in the mouth, you say to them, good morning. That irritates them, you know, and that lets them see that there's a presence of good in the market. So he was transfigured. He was changed. His appearance was changed. And and the dictionary says it means more spiritual state, more spiritual state. What do you think about that, church? It means that we are to be in a more spiritual state as we go about our business and as we fight our wars. So it says more spiritual state or more beautiful condition, uh, condition. But let me t- say to the church today that if you're in a more spiritual state, you will be more beautiful because the presence of the Lord is beautiful. And they don't see the little idiosyncrasies in us when they see the presence of the Lord in us. And it's hard to always have that appearance when you're going through a trial or tribulation. So check yourself when the trial starts, you know, get get all in, in order that it, you'll be in a spiritual uh, state because you want to change because the warfare is going to bring change to your life not bad change if you're walking in the spirit it's going to bring good change so as we see this john is taken to this high mountain and jesus is there with moses and with elijah and they are in a state of beauty they are in a state of glory especially christ and so as we look at this and as jesus walks through this high mountain experience, because the scripture talks about it as being a high mountain. He's high, and he's walking through this experience with Moses and Elijah. And you have to read it. Two of the Gospels write about it. One of it just says it's a high experience. Another one says that it was so white and so brilliant that it was stronger white than anyone on the Fuller's a scope could make it white. It was so white that when the disciples who were with him saw it, they they were you know they were blocked out. They the the study guide said they were overshadowed by the brightness of Christ. I think they were just kicked to a sleep because they weren't prepared for the power of the glory of God. And so, what do we learn from all this, church? We learn something very powerful. First of all, we learn there's life after death. Because we saw Moses and Elijah and they were dead. So we saw life after death right there. We also saw that they conversed. They conversed with Jesus. Jesus conversed with them. How many want him to converse with you? Hallelujah. He's the, 
He's gone through the death experience now, and we want him to converse with us. And the Bible says that they were talking to him, Moses and Elijah were talking to him about his decrease and what he would do in Jerusalem. So, how, you know, they were talking about death. They were talking about the crucifixion. Who knows what else they were talking about? But the power and the glory of God was so much in that transfiguration that they were changed by the power of God. And the boys saw the glory. And when they saw the glory, they were out. I want to see the glory of God to that degree. You know, God is still powerful. God can still show his glory, his glorified glory to his people. If he, if he could show his glory to the dead, he can surely show his glory to the, to the living and to the ones who serve him. So, oh, what a glorious mountain experience, you know. We need to have that experience of that mountain that brings change to our life, that, that brings his glory prominent in our life so that people can look at us and see his glory. They don't see us giving them a bad face because they ran across us in traffic. They just see somebody smiling back at them. They see the power and the glory of God. Lord, we, the Lord wants us to reveal his glory more and more in this earth because he will give us glory. He will help us. He will change our state and our disappointment and all those kinds of things. We can go through everything with the power and the presence of the glory of God. He wants to talk to us about our condition. He wants to talk to us about what we need in our life. We want, he wants to talk to us about what hurts us and how to help us and how to encourage us. So what a glorious experience. I think the whole Christian church at large needs to have a mountain of transfiguration. You know, Jesus was there to bring change to our life, to beautify us and to make us mindful that on the mountain we can meet with him. And not only on the mountain, anywhere you can meet with him, of course, but when you meet with him on the mountain, there is a power and a presence of God that just overwhelms you. And we need that in our life today. So that was glorious. It's Mark that wrote in Mark 9.3. He said, His raiment became so shining, exceedingly white as snow, as so, so as no fuller on earth can white it. Nobody can get the brightness or the brilliance of the glorified Christ. That saw it. No wonder the disciples, when they saw it, they fell out. They fell on their faces before God, you know. And that's something that the church world needs to do. They need to come to their, on their face before God. They need to lower themselves and humble themselves and seek the face of God. Seek to be changed uh, from glory to glory. That's what we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to remain the same. We're supposed to grow in the power and the anointing of Christ. So the spiritual truth that we learn is that there is life after death. Because Moses and Elias were both dead. And Jesus appeared to them. And the Lord wants to appear to his people in a supernatural way, if we would only desire him to that level. So what else do we learn? Well, we can ask him questions. The, Moses and Elias was talking to him about his decrease, a decease, and he was working with him and helping him and preparing him for what was ahead. Now remember, he's, we're on the path to crucifixion. So this is happening to him on the path of crucifixion. He's being glorified. He, I think it probably was a, a, a touch 
of the power and the presence that was to come in his life after his death when he rose in resurrection power. Just a, just a teeny touch that he would be so encouraged. You know, Jesus was in the flesh. He needed to be encouraged. So it's not wrong, church, when you need to be encouraged. That's why we come to the house of God. We come to encourage one another. We come to hear the word of God together. We come to witness and testify and, and to grow in the grace and the power of the Lord. So the Bible says that Luke tells us that Moses and Elias had a brief time of talking with him. And that's all they say is that they were just talking to him about his decrease. And I believe that probably it was discouraging. And where were the boys? The boys were on their face, knocked out. And then when they came to, Peter had that revelation. He said, Lord, we need to build three tabernacles for you, you know, because you are holy and just and true. And I don't know if that was rapport for Peter to suggest that, but he did suggest it. And I think it's powerful when you have a revelation of God that you just build a little tabernacle to him and give him praise and give him glory and give him honor. You know, we need to be more in spirit in a spiritual condition today. I don't know about you, but in my childhood, when I was raised in church and raised by my mother in prayer every day at my house and all of those kinds of things. It seems like there there was more spiritual awareness of God. You know, me and my kids in the neighborhood, we stopped in front of the, we lived a block away from a theater. And every Saturday they had kids day and they had all these movies all day long. And there was like 10 cents. And me and my friend would stand in front of the theater. My friend was a from a Christian home too. So we'd stand there and we'd read everything and look at it, you know, but we weren't supposed to go into it because in those days they went, that wasn't the thing to do. You didn't get to do it. We were taught a lot of the old ways, you know, about the hair and about all that stuff, but nobody understood that it was the powerful change of God in our life, in our inner man that did that, you know, and we would stand there and look at that and just desire to go in there so bad and think that that was evil. I don't know. Today it is pretty evil, the things that they do in it. But I got to say to you today that that was a fear of God that was put in us that we might be as a child righteous, that we might understand right from wrong. It was a teaching. And today the church doesn't know that the church will say they love God and never go into it. The church will say they love God and wear the cross and they will never give a moment of praise to the Savior. So we're living in a day. Uh, you know, of disillusionment that people think that they're going to be in eternity. And I did so many funerals and that I didn't know if they were saved, you know, and I just didn't know how to do that. And to, and to, I was concerned at, at Christian funerals because I knew their lifestyle. So I want to say to the church today that God wants us to have a mountain experience where it will bring change to our life. That will bring holiness. It won't set us apart. We're not better than the world. We're just cleaned from, cleaned, from the, cleaned from the world. And so we need that mountain experience to bring change. The church of Jesus Christ needs a transfiguration. Amen? Yeah. And so we need a mountaintop experience. Jesus had these mountaintop experiences. He probably needed to hear what Moses had to say. And he probably needed to hear what Elijah had to say. And then he went on his way in the walk. Continued, But before it continued, as the, the boys lay on the ground, they, a cloud overshadowed everything. And the Spirit of the Lord spoke out of the cloud. And he spoke uh, in, in English. 
I don't know what he spoke in. He's probably spoken he probably spoken Hebrew, but I want him to speak in English to me. I want to hear it. There's been times in the spirit that I felt the spirit very strong, you know, and I thought, Lord, are you speaking to me? Speak my language, you know. But the the voice in the cloud said at that moment, he said, "This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased," and that it can be said of us too. If we go through the changes and if we are glorified, we're not. We are sons of God. We are born again. We're waiting for that day when we will really be anointed as the son of God in eternal life. But I believe I'm a child of God. And I believe that God wants to bring change to my life. That every every period of life that you go through, you go through changes. It's a physical thing that we go through. But we also go through a spiritual thing. We can be better tomorrow than we were today. And I believe in that with all my heart. So this awesome moment of transfiguration is a stop on the plat- on the way to uh, crucifixion. And if we change enough, we might sense a little bit of uh, crucifixion. Because we're following a crucified Savior. He was crucified for us and he has set forth a path of crucifixion for us. And yes, we do have trials and tribulations. That Those are crucifixion moments. They don't, they don't uh, compare with the suffering of our Christ. But when we do have a suffering moment, we can say, Jesus, I just give this to you and make me better. Make me more powerful for you. Give me your glory, Father God, that I can be the witness you want me to be. So we're invited to ascend a high mountain. You know, not just any mountain, but we're uh, we're called to ascend a high mountain, to have an experience with Christ, to feel a transfiguration, to feel a spiritual change in our life. And if it happens, church, you will know it. You will know it because it it, it will be it will be a, a, a change in your life that you obs- absolutely know. And it might just be a tiny one, but that's where it starts. You move from glory to glory. So we're invited to the high mountain to come away into a quiet place. The, re- the way that you reach the mountain is to come to a quiet place. In the scripture, you'll say that Jesus wanted to get away. He wanted to get away from the noise. Most of the times that Jesus went into the, to the mountain to pray, most of the time he went to the mountain and he went there to pray. He was always on the mountain. And you remember that he's walking. And it's not like it is today that there's little paths we can take a motorcycle and shoot up there. You know, Jesus is walking a path of consecration, of righteousness. And he's talking to his people in this season, this holy season of come walk with me. Walk the hard path. Walk the rocks. Walk with me to the mountain. Let's go there quietly and pray. Don't take the phone. Don't. Don't do anything where you can be interrupted because I tell you of the truth. Anytime you start to pray where there's anything that will interrupt you, it will interrupt you. And even if you're on the mountain trying to get a hold of God and the number is, you know, not connecting, you know, the devil is standing in the way. So just keep on working at it. Just keep on pressing. Never give up. We all came this morning. We got canes and walkers and and all that kind of stuff. But how many know we're still going to the mountain? We're still on our way, 
and the spirit of God is still in us and the power of God is still there and we move on, we move forward. We show that there's growth in us that we can go beyond our hurts and our pains and those things and go to the presence of God. And it's a serious sermon this morning, church. We need a transfiguration. We need to see the glory of God. It needs to be revealed to us so that we can see that we're on a journey that's worth it. Sometimes we think there's so much trial and tribulation and warfare and anger and stress that we wonder sometimes. We say, Lord, I need you. And he'll come and he'll be with you and he'll take you to the mountain to pray where there's no interceptions, you know, go into the quiet place, you know, apart from the company of people and come into the company of Christ. Because if you will do that, he will meet with you. In this season, is the reason why we talk about discipline is because it's discipline that will bring us closer to Christ. Discipline those things that we desire. We don't desire coffee more in him, but, you know, we can't go the day if we don't have the coffee. But we should be able to go the day if we have prayer. You know, that's what I, that's what we're talking about. So, you know, if we're a coffee drinker and that has to have that before we move, we need to pray before we move toward the coffee, you know, because God wants it, our first attention. He wants the place in our life where we love him and we glorify him. So it's a mountain experience is a quiet place. If you've ever been in the mountains, we've been to Grand Canyon and those places of, of, of the mountains. And it, it, to go there alone is kind of eerie. But when you get there and his presence comes, then he will meet with you in a supernatural way. So when you get to the mountain and you don't hear nothing, well, that's okay. Be quiet. Just be quiet in his presence and wait to see. You know, even in the church services, sometimes God wants to speak. And we just need to hone in to his His spirit. What is his spirit? You know, what shall we say? What shall we speak out? Well, the Bible tells us that there's gifts, the gifts of prophecy, the gifts of exhortation. You know, you just hear a word in season. I, I just felt like saying this morning, we need a good, strong arm on the pump and to pump the spirit of God forth in us, you know, because we can worship God in our heart. We can worship God in that way. We can worship it quietly. But when God speaks to us and we get to be filled with him and the pump runs over, we start to speak out loud. You know, we start to speak to him. And on the mountain, we can do that because nobody's listened but him. And we can just talk our heart out to him. And when we're done, then we can just sit quietly to see what he'll say to us. He'll tell us, you know, it'll go through your mind. It'll go like, he loves me. Yes, he's speaking. He wants me to do this. I feel to do this. I feel I need to go home and just call this brother on the phone. That's the Holy Spirit speaking. You know, we have to be mindful that he will speak with us. And in a mountaintop experience, we can have that revelation that, well, yes, you do speak to me, Lord, and I will do what you say. It's important. And sometimes you just have to wait on the Lord. You just have to wait. You just are there and you just have to wait. And you think, you think, you start thinking, oh, I didn't pay that bill. <laughs> or I wrote that check wrong. <laughs> you start thinking all those kinds of things that go on in your normal life. And the Bible says in Isaiah 30, Isaiah 40, 31, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. 
Even resting in his presence without nothing is strengthening your spirit, man. Just shut it out. I don't hear it. I only hear the presence of the Lord. I only hear you, Jesus. You are there. I hear you. I worship you. I honor you. You know, we need to get in a higher realm with God and with our worship. We need to get into the mountain experience and just experience the presence of God one-on-one. You know, sometimes you sit in church with somebody, and, uh, you know, I, I used to go to church with a husband, and you sit there and you're thinking about them, or they're thinking about you, or you're, and, and you're not even aware. I, I wasn't even aware that all of a sudden the Holy Ghost was speaking, and it was him. You know, I wasn't even aware of it, because I was just sitting there with my eyes shut, Thinking about the normal things instead of thinking about the Lord. I'll never forget that as long as I live. And I, I felt the noise. As soon as I heard the voice, I, I felt it in my spirit, you know. And then I realized halfway through it, it was next to me. The Spirit of God was next to me. And church, we need to feel the presence of God. We need to not worry about what's beside us. We just need to be worshiping and honoring because your worship will spill out on somebody else. If you have the anointing of the Holy Spirit and the gift of tongues and you start to worship in that audibly, who knows who's sitting by that might pick up on it and it might get on them. You know, and that's how it works. The body of Christ comes together to worship and the Holy Spirit flows throughout the body. We, the Church of Jesus Christ needs a mountaintop experience. And if this bores you, church, which I don't believe it does, but if it bores you, you know you need to be there. You know, when you start getting anxious about those things, you need to know that you need to come into the presence of God, you and him, to the mountain, and wait to see what he will say to you. It was on a high mountain that Jesus fed the 5,000. So he'll feed you. It was on the high mountain that he met with a woman who was deep in sin. And when he got done visiting with her, he gave her water that created her to be an evangelist. And he, he, he brought her into the depth of the well of salvation. And away she went from the mountain to declare the word of God. She wasn't, he turned her into an evangelist. You get with God, he'll turn you into something great. Hallelujah. It, uh, there's, there's living water on the high place in the mountain. If you never had a mountain experience with the Lord, I challenge you. Just go on your knees and say, Lord, I'm coming to the high mountain. I want to experience the power of your presence. It was on the high mountain where Jesus gave the most important message to his people. Matthew 28:16 and 20. And I'll close with this this morning. But this is the instruction that he gave to you and me on this high mountain. The word of God says he took the 11 disciples into Galilee, into the mountain. And he appointed the, the, the disciples to go to the mountain to meet with him. That's what the message is about today. I want to give you an appointment to go to the mountain to meet with Christ in a supernatural way. And here's what he told them. All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. 
most powerful message God ever gave to his disciples. How many know we're his disciples? This is the message to us today that he wants us to go there for, to just be his disciple and and that we should honor the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he says, I commanded you, I will be with you always. So that moment that you thought he left you last week, when you were in uh, sorrow and tribulation, he was sitting right beside you. Sitting right beside you saying, here I am. I'm here. He instructed us, most important instruction that the body of Christ has received from Christ is what he will put his spirit in us that we can go forth and help somebody else. You know, you don't have to be an evangelist and you don't have to be a pastor, but what you can be is one that notices things. You can say, Lord, help me see any opportunity that you give me today. The devil gives us opportunities to fear, to have anxiety, to argue. Oh, we get all the all the opportunities from the enemy, and we don't have a bit of problem holding, getting a hold of them. But how would it be if we could get a hold of the messages of God, his power, his love, his forgiveness, and walk in that even when we're in trials and tribulations? Jesus was pretty. Uh, betrayed on a mountain. And his response to that betrayal, you know, was to go all the way, to finish his journey to Calvary. He was betrayed on the mountain, given the kiss of death on the mountain. So there are hard things on the mountain. God will deal with us in hard places to bring us forth in the glory of God and to have the glory of God upon us. So, I want to say to the church this morning that it would be really great. Follow in the Bible Jesus' prayer life. Just find up in your concordance where he went to pray. And then go with him to that mountain experience and see what happens on it. And ask the Lord to give you a mountain experience that ends with the glory of his presence. Because it will change your life. Our destination is Revelation 21.10. It says... This is what he did to John. So we learn this from John. It says he carried us away into the spirit to a great and high mountain. And he showed John the great city, the holy city of Jerusalem. So while the devil wants the mountain, Jesus is going to give us the great high mountain. That is our eternal destination. So the thing that bore this message today was from Isaiah 49, it says, O Zion, that bringeth good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem, that bringeth good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up and be not afraid and behold your God. How awesome. Come to the mountain experience and behold your God. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. For the power of your presence that you have come to be with us today oh god lord we just ask that you work in our life make us better father god that we might grow in you is our prayer today in jesus name let the church bring their gifts to the lord